Hey, hey, hey! Hey, it's a podcast. I'm here. I'm Abe. Who's this? This is Christian. And we are the co-host of Pop Culture Petri Dish. Yeah. PCPD, baby! Episode 6 coming in hot. What are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about extraterrestrial planets. Um... Basically, and, and more specifically, ones in the Goldilocks zone, and just like the most fascinating so, ones. So, other planets that might support life. Yes. Goldilocks. Yeah, the Goldilocks zone. Take us through that. All right. Goldilocks zone is the habitable area. It's also known as the habitable zone, which I guess is probably the more apt and like everybody understands what habitable means, I would think. But anyways, Goldilocks, because it's not too hot, not too cold, it's just the right temperature to support liquid water, which is the only thing that we're aware of currently that is an absolute necessity to having uh, life, to creating life on it. Not just an area that uh, Hans Christian Anderson... invents planets on that's it's a terrible joke it's not a good joke uh no so goldilocks zone not too hot not too cold just right Mm -hmm. soup and beds and all that uh but for sustaining water yes liquid water and life as we know it yeah because who knows if there's like a silicon based life form exactly we don't know for sure and there's of course planets like um titan and uh, I think Europa is another one that's covered in ice. Planet, uh, it, no. Titans and Moon. Right, Moons. I got I'm you. Sorry, <laughs> I got. Who's the big science man now, Christian? I got you. But there, yeah, there are moons like Titan and I believe Europa that are covered in ice that could support life underneath with liquid water because mm. we don't know if there's liquid underneath all that ice. We assume that there probably is. I thought is. we knew that like Titan has like seas. We're fairly but certain. But we're not sure if there's like animals. Right, exactly. Because it would, because the, there's a thermo. Yes, uh, the like volcanic the vents and stuff yeah, like that yeah, underneath. Yeah, 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 and like chemotropes and shit. Yeah. Like, so there could just be like little... Like space, little space organisms. Shrimps. Yeah, little stuff shrimps like that. that are like, ah, kill us. Because uh, <laughs> that's what I imagine any any organism would. I mean, we, we, we're we inviting death upon our door every time we go out into space. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. You heard it here first. All right, that's the end of the episode. Everybody go home. Uh, hit the showers. You, <laughs> we did it. No. Uh, so, yeah. What are some of the best fictional planets that like we've thought of that was that was my Ooh, question I, I like that um i guess some of the best fictional planets like coolest or just like oh that's a cool thing that we thought of yeah i i, I like some of the ones from i'm a big star wars nerd and even though a lot of the actual science in star wars is nonsense because mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a fantasy, a fantasy yeah. yeah um there's some that are inhabited by like the Mon Calamari, which they have a completely ocean covered world, which is why that they're they're squid people. Yeah, they're and literally calamaris. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's it's not yourself, a smart George. just go fuck yourself. <laughs> it is not a smart movie. Sheev Sheev is the Emperor's first God damn it. I will never get over this. Sheev. <laughs> But then, like, you have things like the forest moon of Endor, uh, the Wookiee planet Kashyyyk, which is mostly forests, but it still has seas and stuff like that. I think it's important to note that what we know about life on our planet and how we got to being human is basically we needed all of the things 
to be in exactly the right way. We needed to have a moon, which caused tides, which caused tidal shifts because... And that's also, we have like a tilt. Right. So we have seasons. Yes. We have, we have seasons. We have, we had a bunch of large regions of shallow seas, which necessitated, which, which actually is the reason why we had life spring from the oceans first, because there was enough sunlight getting into the shallow seas and all the minerals and stuff that are in the ocean eventually formed plant life and plant life gave rise to more complex life. And that all started in the shallow seas and with the tides because of the because of our moon we also need an atmosphere there's a ton of things that went very specifically right on our planet that it's very hard to find just i mean looking at our solar system but how do you say the one that we found cuz didn't we find a system starts with the g glyza uh glyza gly something oh, yeah, like that oh there, yeah there's one like that i think there's one called ganymede too that is ganymede's a moon of saturn i think oh okay you're right but right there's again. like a, yeah, I'm a science man. Uh, <laughs> I'm a space boy. Uh, there, no, there's, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like GL something. Glides oh, yeah. 2B. You're and right. Like and they found it starts it with GL be, and then it's a, yeah. it has its little numerical designation there's as like well. There's like four planets in the Goldilocks zone yeah. and like a handful of moons that we're aware of. Yeah. That are like, oh this might support water. Right. And if it's got water, like not frozen water, if it's got like water, good bet. Yeah. You know, yes, like that's some true. kind of life might there mm -hmm. be there, or we should go there and whatever life there is, we should eradicate it <laughs> <laughs> and then just move in because we are the space invaders. Uh, that that's, you heard it from that. I'm uh, elect me as president. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the best one. <laughs> But yeah, we absolutely, we need liquid water, but they also need an atmosphere because if, let's say, our Goldilocks zone moved uh, a little bit out of where it is right now and encapsulated Mars and all of the ice on Mars melted, all of that would just eventually evaporate away because of the fact that it doesn't have an atmosphere to contain the water cycle. Ah. So... We also need the planet to have an atmosphere of some kind. But there's some good things about what we're doing right now because we think that we could probably create atmospheres with something as simple as pollution. Maybe like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, <laughs> there was a, uh, beings that were much like us yeah. or like as close as you can get considering all of the randomness and chaos that the world, you know, the I say world, the cosmos has to offer. Mm -hmm. And they made like machines and machines are like Cylons are what come out of humans. Humans just die out and they, they're equivalent to Cylons are who we meet. And they're like, a, yeah, they're, I mean, I think that that something that does not need something that's perfectly suited for space. Yeah. will we're perfectly suited for earth. Yeah. And there are n literally one earths. <laughs> So yes. we're not going to do good in space. Like, uh, right. that's why we, you know, like send the robots. Yeah. Uh, so first contact is going to be robot to robot, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of the theories surrounding that is that yes, first contact will be <laughs> us. The fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just two robots fucking on a planet. <laughs> Sorry. No, but that's the, 
as our purview, as our scope of the universe gets bigger, um, the most likely thing for us to find first are the remnants of whatever civilization, and that includes robots. Right. So there's got to be a robot planet, like planets that are like so. When we say extraterrestrial, like planets, and mm-hmm. you know, so extraterrestrial, you know, not of this Terra. Yeah. Uh, a planet that supports life. And if life knows no difference between like biological life or like synthetic life, yeah, any planet is extraterrestrial. That's true. Yeah, because we could, we very well could make robots that are adaptable to but robots just don't, living on Venus. Yeah, yeah. they don't need that. Our temperature tolerance is really weak compared to what we could yeah. create. Yeah, we're we only are like in a way we're destined only to exist. We only know the ability to exist on right. Earth. Our our biology is suited for one and only planet and specific gravity. Yeah. You know, like we're lucky that we have even a fucking moon that we can like run around on. Like that's not really a thing that happens all the time. Yeah, it's true. It's almost like someone made it for us. (laughs) (laughs) My secretly finding religion. I don't know. You'll find out next episode. But no, uh, yeah, I mean, and of course, one way to overcome that is us becoming post-human using things like genetic altering and using robotics and stuff like that. We could very well be capable of being a more spacefaring race. But as of right now, humans don't have that ability. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to send is going to be robots. Um, or James Cameron. <laughs> he would volunteer to go, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. I secretly still think he's a robot. <laughs> Because he's just, all of his ideas are the same. And he's like, I want to go into the sea. I'm like, all right, King Trident, settle down. The next step is space, yeah, logically. Yeah, 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 where no one can hear you be James Cameron. Uh, all right, that's enough Ridley Scott, James Cameron crossovers for today. Uh, okay, so uh, we talked about like some cool planets that yeah. exist. Uh, and we talked about the Goldilocks zone, mm-hmm. and we talked about how there actually is other. We're aware of the Goldilocks. Like how many gold? Like how many planets do we know of that there, are like support life? Like dozens or like two? I think they're tracking currently. NASA has a running calculator of this, and last I knew, the ones that they had actually identified. I mean, it's really hard to confirm because they're basically just searching for the signature of the planet's gravity as it crosses between Earth and the path of the star. And like what color it glows and stuff. Right, exactly. They're limited in their way to do it. But of what we've observed, I think we're already into the hundreds of potential planets in Goldilocks. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, they're out there. We just don't know exactly. And they're, and they're all sorts of different sizes, too. There's some that are extremely large. It has to be a rocky planet as well, because obviously mm-hmm. um, out further in our solar system is only gas giants. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, a rocky planet? Like, yo, Adrian! <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of yeah. Rockies? <laughs> no, no. It, uh, it's an underdog planet. One. Yeah, it's an underdog <laughs> planet. Or is it just a planet full of Goldilocks? Just these <laughs> tiny little girls with pigtails who are just like, I don't want to eat the forage. God, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that to Goldilocks. She's fine. I'm sure she'll grow into a fine woman. I'm just 
I don't like Goldilocks. Unless she gets eaten by bears first. Yeah, unless she does. Yeah, so... Oh, my God. Is Goldilocks planets just little girls and bears? (laughs) Just just throw them into the mix? And it's just a planet and we get to watch? Because I want to go there. I want to go. We have hundreds of these planets, you're telling me? Oh, my God. This is great. That was always really... Space just became amazing. That's always a really funny thing to me about like the sci-fi tropes of planets. Planets end up being just one ecosystem that we have here. Right. Yeah. So because like planet. Venus is all the same thing. We sure. we are crazy that are like I mean there's like so other planets in our solar system they do have differences. Like there's the dark side sure. of the moon, for example, on our moon. But uh, most planets are like just emphatically one thing, right? Sure, yeah. That's uh, usually the case. Like, So they don't have like the tundra and the desert and the forests. And right. The, because for all that to be created, you need a planet to support biological too. life. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where our ecosystems come and from. watersheds. Our, yeah. Is the bio- biodiversity. Yep. So to begin with, you have to be in the Goldilocks zone. Then you have to have an atmosphere. Then you have to have life spring from your planet in one way or another. What is like the weirdest... Because I'm now I'm thinking of like let's say there's a a planet out there that mm-hmm. has seasons. What's like the weirdest season? Because we have four seasons. Sure. What's the weirdest season? Is there just like a season of bugs? Which is <laughs> <laughs> like ah oh, great, it's bugs again. <laughs> yeah, from March to April, bugs, <laughs> and they have to deal with that problem because they yeah. just come out of their you know holes in the ground and they're like we are bugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's this time of the year because i mean like if you're telling if what you're saying is that like the organism like there's kind of like a a mind meld between the planet and its weather systems yeah. uh and obviously all the things that are necessary for that to exist but also like the idea that we put carbon dioxide into the atmosphere mm-hmm. like that alters you know like what our seasons yeah. are so there is kind of like a venn diagram of like yeah. organism and just rocky planet yeah uh there's probably some really cool seasons out there yeah like know? um i think on i don't know if it's mercury or venus but one of them has cons has basically the the environment is toxic i think it's venus oh Sorry. That's fine. The environment is completely toxic and there's constantly like acid rain and stuff like that going on all the time. The earth went through a period where it was millions, I think, millions of years where it was nothing but lightning storms constantly. The earth still had its its oceans and stuff like that. But it was just covered in basically a planet-wide system of lightning storms because of the geological activity and the atmospheric activity that was going on at the time. Yeah. So there's probably planets that have lightning season. (laughs) Well, yeah. And also, like, Jupiter has the red eye. Yeah. That's just an eternal, like, storm Mm -hmm. hurricane. Right. 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 And because their atmosphere is different, they can... The atmospheric pressure and the gases that are within Jupiter can create a storm that lasts has lasted literally thousands of years and will probably last forever. Oh man! As far as so, we, as far as we are concerned as humans. So bugs is still on the table. <laughs> bugs is absolutely bugs is on bug the table. hurricanes is definitely oh, a season. Bug hurricane. <laughs> uh, 
uh, my next movie this is going to be Bug Hurricane. You know, Sharknado, Bug Hurricane. Here we go. Let's do it. Now let them fight. <laughs> Who would win? A tornado of sharks or a hurricane of bugs? Who um, would win? I think the hurricane of bugs. I yeah, have I to give bugs, it to them. Dude, I used to do, like, super problematic. I used to do Bug War when I was a kid. I think lots you know, of kids did. I, yeah, because you're catching frogs and throwing rocks, and sure. you're, you're eight, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I always won bug war because everyone would come at it with like, "Oh, I brought spiders." I'm like, "That's cute, ants, motherfucker, uh, ants are the real jam." Because it was all always biomass, yeah, related. So it's like you like they're a team too. Oh yeah, so like you get you can get. Thousands of ants worth one scorpion. <laughs> fucking take the ants every every day of the week. Ants are the fucking best. They are. So yeah, I'm just saying I want to go to this planet, this bug hurricane planet. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, okay, so what do you think is the most likely scenario that we find a planet that isn't habitable, mm-hmm. but we like live in domes, or we like terraform a planet? Or we find a planet that can, like, is cool with us. Like, right. so, so to me, that third problem is like we have to get us off this rock right. and like travel. Of course. Do you think that's more likely than just building something on Mars, or do you think like terraforming is in the mix? I like, think terraforming will definitely be in the mix because we already kind of know how to do that. We've done it by accident. So we just. When did we do it by accident? I mean, we're we're accidentally changing the environment of the world right now. But like not like with a purpose. We're just exactly just there's a result. But then we just have to work backwards scientifically. Yeah, I see what you mean. To yeah, to create the environment that we need to live in. Mm. And so I think that is gonna be the first thing that we do. And we'll do it in our local solar system. We'll do it with Titan or um or any one of the moons around Jupiter or Saturn. And probably Mars. We could do it there too. And I think yeah, there's a bunch of ice on Mars, isn't yeah. there? So we could like just burn that shit up. Right, exactly. Once we create an atmosphere, if our atmosphere is thick enough, then it'll heat up faster and we can basically <laughs> melt all the, the ice on Mars, which, I mean, hopefully we learn our lesson with the Earth and come to a balance of how much of the ice we melt on Mars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to be the first thing we do, I think. And then eventually it'll come to colonization because, <clears throat> and I don't, think that we'll necessarily and i think we'll just keep terraforming mm-hmm. like that's going to be something that we'll find new planets and be like oh okay well we this one's not right stop. yeah we're yeah, just as we there's something kind of poetic about like in our own ability to create our own destruction we mm-hmm. found an answer to a different subset of problems yeah you know like because we're so bad at <laughs> earth yeah that actually might help us at mars yeah and that's like a kind of weird dichotomy but also makes total sense to me yeah and i think that'll definitely be a thing that we do um and of course even if we find planets that aren't immediately habitable by us and that need some terraforming there are things out just in the galaxy that we can use for resources we can use uh asteroids that are in in our asteroid belt that are for as for like mining precious minerals and mining iron and things like that that we need to make steel on whatever planet and we can capture comets to melt the ice in them and give ourselves clean water 
and we can do all these sorts of things. And I, I think that is kind of what the future of colonization um, for our species, if we make it to that, make it that far, is going to be just using the resources that we have that are just out in the universe. Do you think that? So now, now we're talking about resources, yeah. and that begs, like to me, I makes me think of a question, which is, do you think that in order to, like, successfully get off this rock and do one of the three scenarios, uh, or all three of them uh, that I mentioned earlier, do you think that space needs to be like privatized do you think that like in order for us like are we going to solve money or abolish money before we are spacefaring that's a really tough question because i think we probably need to we need to do which like privatize we need to get away from money i think and yeah because there's a planetary systems is that the name of it the asteroid mining venture that yeah. uh, uh, James, Cameron, James Cameron, yeah, it's King, <laughs> King Triton, uh, and also the guy from Google, yeah. you know, Larry Bezos. Page. Oh, Larry Plan- Page. Uh, Planetary Resources Incorporated. Yeah. They're sending, I was reading about it, they, they just send uh, a rocket. It doesn't have, it has robots on it. Mm-hmm. And then the robots get there and then mine mm-hmm. and then... In that time, in that like thirty years, yeah, uh, the asteroid or the meteor like whips around, yeah, and they send another rocket that uh, has new robots, <laughs> and they are the robots that take all of the you know like stuff that they mined, yeah, and put them in boxes and then jump off the planet yeah. when it gets close to us, so that we maximize like our our fuel quotient. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah. In one swoop, there's just in like in like ten years or something like that, they're gonna send something, uh, and it's this like iron and nickel rich yeah. asteroid that's mm-hmm. just like whipping around. Yeah, and they're gonna get all that, and then uh, and they're like, yeah, we can double like the Earth's iron in overnight. Yeah, uh, like it will literally have a rocket that just has new iron. And yeah. like, yeah, but like, how how much do you know? Like, but also the things on there, right? <laughs> you know, like, and it's gonna like yeah. <laughs> take us all over. <laughs> like, it will be like, yeah, good iron, but like also the thing, you know, not so good. <laughs> Fucking love that movie. But no, I do think that that's like the future of mining is we have things like comets and asteroids and stuff like that pass by our planet on a pretty regular basis. Right. So all it's gonna take is people figuring out exactly how we need to send some kind of rocket to impact it so it knocks it into our orbit and then once it is a part of the earth's orbit then we can mine basically however much we want we can send we can send bruce willis (laughs) to actually just mine and not try to destroy it because that yeah just send miners to be astronauts because it's not like (laughs) one job's harder than the other Oh my god! But yeah, we just send astronauts with mining robots, and then we yeah. have yeah, as much robots. yeah, and have as much iron and different metals. And then we and... use it to ba- build spaceships. Yeah, and we don't need money. Yeah, and so we're now Starfleet because like that's the thing that yeah. people don't usually talk about. And apparently in TNG and Star Trek, it's canon that there's like no part of society that isn't Starfleet. Oh, okay. Like, and they don't have money because they have replicators. Why right. would they need money? Exactly. Once you get to that uh, point, you don't need money. Yeah. Which is kind of strange because it also meant like the, 
with the stopping of uh, money, in there, it's also the stopping of art. Yeah, because they like never mention like. Oh, you hear this new band? No, they're always like, hmm, yes, Beethoven. We will listen to Beethoven, <laughs> only Beethoven. And it's just like, are you sure there isn't like a new like Beyonce kind yeah. of thing? <laughs> or like what's going on with Starfleet? They're like, no, no one makes any, no one makes music, no one makes art because that was done for money. And I'm like, that's a kind of, that's a root coming in hot with that opinion. Yeah, that doesn't uh, make sense because I don't have money, but I'm making art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, you are the art boy. Um, yeah, no, it's. Um, I think that I think we need to privatize space in order to and like the only problem with space right now and the reason that like on a governmental level, in my yeah. belief, is that uh, there's no reason. It's so much nothing up there. Yeah. That there it, it, and it's very expensive to go to the nothing. Yeah. Uh, that it's like, why would any government do that? But mm-hmm. the second that someone like this planetary resources uh, and fucking James Cameron goes, <laughs> you know, like, and he finds his fucking, you know, like perfect planet, which is just like Avatar. Uh, <laughs> he, they need to like have, like they need to play the money market economy of yeah. home so that they can get away. So we can get away like we have to sure. mine these near earth asteroids and sell it on the earth market yeah and then we can s- talk about like actually going into space right so yeah. that is by definition a format of privatization yeah that's like that's what we're talking about right yeah because i think otherwise the only way that and this is a possibility too is if we find out that we're doomed if we don't get out of earth oh yes that that's that's the other way that okay governments are going to get on board with we have 15 years to get to mars now yeah yeah everybody cooperate has to cooperate now yeah then then we'll get people that are actually working together in entire governments Man, that, how do, i don't even know like if there was an armageddon situation yeah like how fast could we i, I don't know that's, like a deep impact or a geostorm it's it's hard to say, especially with like now, I mean, and not to make this political, but with people controlling the media and people not believing the media and it it just takes. Like, I don't think, I think we're just fucked. Yeah. Like, I if think it that's happened right now, sure. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fucked. We, we just can't, we can't coexist. Yeah. Uh, humans barely can understand humans. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> if, we're xenophobic and we have a lot of issues yeah if we had armageddon right now it would basically be up to like elon musk to save us yeah and the guy's busy throwing cars in space know, so <laughs> so i don't even know what the fuck is happening i was like i remember when i heard the news and i was like so this is like the smartest guy we got like uh and he just decided to throw a fucking sports car into space this is tony stark okay. yeah jesus right. christ he's literally an iron man too i think uh, just like he just is like, yes, I am Iron Man. <laughs> and then everyone's like, no, Elon, we didn't think you were Iron Man. <laughs> it's like, I am Iron Man. Uh, God, yeah, we need like a, you're right though, I think we would need like a space messiah. Yeah. We would need like a, a or a space Buddha. <laughs> You know, someone to be like, everyone, shut the fuck up. (laughs) All right, this is what's happening. And we're all just like, uh, do we all agree? Yep, we all agree with Space Buddha. Uh, Because (laughs) otherwise, like, we have to play this slow and frankly, like, tricky gamble of trying to privatize 
spacefaring. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I and, don't know. Yeah, and we can barely like agree on taking care of our planet now that we all live on that we see is suffering and could kill us. Yeah. Everything wants to kill us all the time. <laughs> and we're making robot like that was the that's a different ep- that's the other episode, but like we're making robots and they want to kill us and we're just like, well, we're your creator. Now you're going to die. Like we just have no reason. No one likes us. Aliens don't like us. Just a bunch of Rockies. That's, that's my favorite planet is the Rocky the planet. Rocky planet. <laughs> it's just like, Hey, yo, Hey, 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 come back kid. Hey, uh, is that what he sounds like? In yeah. Rocky? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I got a, oh, got yo, an oxygen-rich atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to those humans. <laughs> All right. Got tidal Bally. oceans. Bali. <laughs> Don't drink yourself to death. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, what Final thoughts on planets full of diamonds and planets of little little, little girls and bears. <laughs> Uh, what what's your hot take? If you got any other, I, I don't I don't know if I have a hot take because this is something that I think we all kind of agree on that space is pretty amazing and we okay I guess this is a hot take but we need to direct some resources to getting out there and just seeing what else is there because it's going to be worth it like our current. Are like over the last couple of administrations, they worry about the economy because people are suffering and there's no more mining jobs. There's my there's mining jobs. They're just in space. Mm. We can get all of the iron that we'll ever need. We can get all of the metal and resources that we'll ever need just in our asteroid belts. That's that's another that's the next step for NASA is that it's going to be something that's good. I mean, it's already intrinsically good because exploration and scientific discovery is a good thing. But it's also, I think this is how we have to pitch it to everybody who's worried about the economy. NASA is going to be the thing that gets us to a place where we're in a post-want economy. We don't, where we aren't going to want for anything because we have literally all the water we'll ever need, all the metal we'll ever need, all of the minerals we'll ever need. That sounds amazing. Well, thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for stopping by. Uh, that's This has been another episode of Pop Culture Petri Dish. Thank you for stopping by. Hope you, uh, everyone enjoyed this episode, and yeah. we'll see you next week, to, in two weeks? I don't yeah, know. Sometime. I, just, I run this channel, and I don't even know how it works. All right. Get the fuck out of here. Bye, everyone. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!